0: All right, Pete. So the last time we talked, it was uh, acupuncture, and the problem was your neck,
1: Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Disc, something. Herniated disc, yeah. All
0: right. For me, it's back. It's not that the two of us are getting old at all. Right, right. mine Mine is a fractured vertebrae. It hurts sometimes. If I do yoga, it doesn't. And then if I'm not active, it hurts a lot. So we've got issues. Come to find out we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're diving into back pain because come to find out, 8 out of 10 people actually suffer from it. And there are some other statistics, because we did our research, that are absolutely staggering. Back pain is the second most common reason that people visit the primary care physician.
1: The leading cause of disability in men over 45. Third most frequent cause of surgery. And the fifth most frequent cause of hospitalization. Hi, everybody. I'm Macy Johnson. And I'm Pete Kenworthy. And this is Healthy at UH. So for every statistic out there, there are 10 times the number of cure-alls for how to fix your back, right? What are you sleeping on? What are you sitting on? Should we even sit at all? Should we stand on our head? That's actually really a thing. Should you stand on your head? So we invited University Hospitals, Dr. Paul Gazillo to the podcast to straighten things out for us. Dr. Gazilla, thanks for being with us. Thank you.
0: Dr. Godzilla specializes in acute and chronic back and neck pain, and we are so glad that you're here. The numbers are staggering, doctor. What are we doing wrong that these numbers are so high?
2: So I'd agree with all the statistics that you just mentioned. I would say that our modern society has definitely resulted in a more sedentary lifestyle, whether we're at work sitting at a desk for a long period of time or sitting in a car for a long period of time. So a lot of sales jobs, people are driving many miles, many hours at a time. This is all very stressful on the back. Um, on the opposite note, people who are in more manual labor positions maybe working for long hours, extended hours, uh, doing a lot of heavy lifting, twisting, bending, and all of this puts a lot of stress on our spine.
0: So we can't win. If we're sedentary or if we, if we use our back a lot, we're likely to feel some pain eventually.
2: Uh, eventually this, these are all potential risk factors. Uh, the other thing to note about back pain becoming more prevalent, our population is definitely starting to live a lot longer. So that population over 60 is increasing and you know, as, as we age, there's higher risk of things like osteopenia, osteoporosis, and all of those are risk factors for back pain as well.
1: So what are we talking about in terms of, in medical terms here, what are the leading causes of back pain? We talked about at the very beginning, I have a herniated disc that flares up every eight or nine months. You know, Macy talked about her back pain. What, what, what medically are we talking about are the most common things that people are dealing with?
2: I typically like to break it down between the younger population and older population. In the younger population, those under 40, 50 or so, you see a lot of lumbar strains and sprains, and this could be you know due to injury with lifting, twisting, or bending without proper form. Um, there's also a high risk of discogenic pain in the young population as well. And when that disc pushes on a nerve, that's when you have those ridiculous symptoms or what's also commonly referred to as sciatica. Uh, In the older population, obviously all the above or aforementioned are, are common, but there's also a higher risk of developing arthritis. So not only do you get arthritis in your shoulders, hips, and knee, but you can also develop it in the joints of your cervical spine, thoracic, and lumbar spine, and that can cause achy pain as well, typically worse with activity. So not only do you develop arthritis, but there's also a risk of developing stenosis or narrowing of the spinal canal and this could be seen in the neck mid back or lumbar area and this could cause things like neurogenic claudication or pain and heaviness in the legs when you're walking. And this can also be seen in the younger population as well if they have any kind of congenital stenosis or other deformities of the spine.
1: So You talked about younger versus older, and then you talked about sitting, standing, working. How much of this is genetic, right? How how much of this was going to happen to me anyway versus what did I bring on myself?
2: We definitely know that there is a component of back pain that is genetic. There have been studies done looking at twins, and we are starting to see that there is a, a genetic component to back pain. However, I would say that just like any other disease, such as heart disease, when you know that... These things might run in your family. It's even more important to modify your lifestyle and you could really take control of a lot of your risk factors. So maintaining a healthy weight, uh, staying active, being physically fit, maintaining a solid core is also very important. I like to use the analogy of if you think of your spine as a bridge, the support cables and ropes of that bridge are your core musculature, gluteal musculature. So the stronger they are, the more stress and pressure you can take off of your spine.
0: So what would you say to someone who says, you know what, doc, I can't work out because I have a bad back.
2: What I would tell them is typically the worst thing you could do for back pain is nothing. So, I encourage those with pain to honestly try to stay active as much as possible. For them, it's maybe even more important than with those patients who don't have a lot of back pain. Um, that being said, keeping in mind what particular movements seem to really exacerbate the pain, sharp pains, things that really aggravate you, bring you to your knees, obviously you want to avoid that. But that's when working with someone like a physical therapist can really help you because they will see what type of motions and what type of exercises you're able to tolerate. They'll try to centralize your pain and hopefully get you stronger without causing you any undue pain or stress.
1: I want to get into some of the things we, we would call, I don't know, myths or, or just trying to figure out what fact from fiction here. And, and we hear a lot with back pain. Oh, I need a stiffer mattress or a softer mattress, or I need a, some sort of special neck pillow or an inversion table, right? Or, or I'm going to stand at work and, or sit on a ball, right? What? How, how many of these actually, is there a magic pill, I guess is the question. How many of these can actually help?
2: That's a great question. There's been a lot of different studies out there looking at different types of mattresses and pillows. Um, from my experience and from what I have learned, it seems like a lot of it is, is very individualized. It often depends on how you like to sleep, if you're a back sleeper, stomach sleeper, or side sleeper. Uh, Typically, if you sleep on your stomach or your back, typically you want somewhat of a firmer mattress to help maintain alignment of your spine, which is ultimately the goal. Similarly with a pillow, uh, if you could have someone take a look at you as you're laying down, main thing is you want to maintain good alignment and posture. If you're a side sleeper, you often have to contend with your shoulders and hips. So if you can imagine, a more conforming mattress is often better in that scenario to help maintain good alignment of your spine.
0: Sounds to me like it's important to find out, first of all, what's going on with your body. So at what point do you say, Hmm, might need to go see a doctor.
2: As you mentioned, everyone experiences back pain at some point in their life. If it's something that is severe in nature or you have shooting pains going down your leg and it's really limiting your daily activity, that's typically when I'd recommend being evaluated. Um, if you know, you lifted, twisted, you know, did something small and the pain seems to immediately start to improve or get better with good old over the counter anti-inflammatories or
1: ice, you might be just fine as long as that those symptoms don't get any worse. There are procedures that are keeping people out of the operating room with injections or, and you just mentioned, or integrative medicine. What What is the latest? What are, what are we looking at for helping the bad back? Some of the things
2: that we offer here at University Hospitals is fluoroscopic guided injections, things like epidural injections, which can be very helpful for radicular pain or that pinched nerve type of pain, as well as potentially discogenic. Uh, These can also sometimes be beneficial for central canal stenosis as well. Uh, For the achy facet joints, we can do steroid injections directly into those joints to help relieve pain or try to block the nerve that goes to that joint and basically sends the pain signal from that joint up to your brain. So there's many different options. And when it comes to back pain, uh, there's often more than one thing going on. So Part of our job is to do a complete evaluation as well as take a thorough history and exam and try to distinguish exactly what is the main cause of your pain. And often it's more than just one area.
0: Can we talk a little bit more about integrative medicine, chiropractic, um, acupuncture, massage? We have Connor Integrative Health Network here. Uh, Do they come into play?
2: So they have a lot of providers who work with chronic pain as well as acupuncturists and chiropractors who do adjustments to deep tissue massage as well as dry needling and of course acupuncture. So all of these things are pretty conservative modalities that can definitely provide relief and are even less invasive than things like injections or certainly surgery.
0: I want to go back to some of the gimmicks out there because my... Sweetmate mate has a stand-up desk and right down the hall someone's sitting on one of those big balls and i want to personally try an inversion table so i mean please tell me some of those work
2: There are studies currently ongoing with a lot of these different modalities that we can use. I am a big proponent of the ergonomic desk or making sure that you're sitting in a proper position with good posture. That can be very helpful as well as the ability to maybe take it from a seated position to a standing position. That way throughout the day you can adjust your posture and how you're, if you're sitting or standing during your work hours and this way you can help Uh, relieve any stress or pressure on your back that could be caused from doing either one for a prolonged period of time. Uh, The yoga balls are also great when you're using those because you're working on your core musculature and maintaining good posture as, as you sit there. If you can imagine if you have too poor a posture on a yoga ball, you're probably going to topple over. So that's part of the key there. And it could also be used you know, throughout the day for other exercises, as, as you wish. Uh, inversion tables, some people really do like them as far as uh, the ability to stretch out. It does take off some stress and pressure on the spine. I will note that a lot of the data is somewhat mixed on those because it does show short-term relief but is somewhat lacking in the long-term benefits so if it's not something that you're using regularly or even multiple times a day you may not have that sustained relief that being said if it provides good relief it's easy enough to do as long as you're safe and you have somebody with you i have heard of patients who have unfortunately either gotten stuck or even had a fall off an inversion table causing further injury so these are all things that can happen so as long as you take the appropriate measures and you're safe I, i think it's a reasonable thing to try
1: so lots of people have back pain as we've as is well documented here. Let let's figure out where we start, right? So let's say you're listening to this and you have back pain, where do I go? Do I go to primary care? Do I go to an ortho doc? Do I go to a neurologist? Where, where do I start?
2: So if it's back pain that's been gradually increasing and isn't quite severe in nature and you're going to see your primary care doctor for a routine checkup or another issue, that's often when back pain comes up. So The treatment, you typically will start with a primary care physician who, if they're comfortable enough, will get you into the proper physical therapy, maybe even prescribe some anti-inflammatories for you, uh, recommend heat, ice, other conservative treatment options. When the pain becomes progressively worse and you're not getting improvement or you're having significant pain shooting down the leg or any kind of uh, neurological changes like numbness, tingling, that's certainly when you want to see a spine specialist. Now, typically... Good 90% of patients are, are very well served seeing someone who maximizes conservative treatment options like myself, a spine specialist who can make sure they're receiving the appropriate therapy, alternative treatment options, medications as well, um, and potentially interventional injections, as we mentioned. So things like epidural injections or fluoroscopic-guided uh, facet joint injections uh, can really be beneficial. Now, if someone has significantly progressive weakness or numbness or their balance is off significantly or they have bowel or bladder changes or incontinence issues. Those are all red flag signs that you want to watch out for. In that scenario, you'd be best served probably seeking surgical treatment options sooner than later as we want to stop that from getting any worse.
0: Doctor, thank you for joining us. Is there anything you want to add as we wrap up?
2: Sure. I'd just like to mention that uh, those with back pain can certainly benefit from a thorough history as well as physical exam as back pain can often be very difficult to diagnose, particularly if you're someone who doesn't see or deal with back pain routinely. Uh, There are also many different treatment options out there and making sure that we have the best idea possible of what's the cause of the pain really directs that care. So seeing someone who specializes in back pain can often be very beneficial to make sure that you're getting the appropriate physical therapy, medications, uh, recommendations on ice, heat, other conservative modalities that we discussed earlier, uh, or even, you know, getting the appropriate injections as there are often multiple targets and multiple causes of back pain, um, or if needed, surgical treatment options as well.
1: Dr. Paul Gazzillo, we appreciate your time. Remember, you can find and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just search University Hospitals or Healthy at UH, depending on where you subscribe.
0: And as always, for more health news, advice from our medical experts, and Healthy at UH podcasts, go to uh uhhospitals.org slash blog.